still doing, keeping our normal format there. Just yeah, Jake yeah, doesn't fine. have to contribute much this time. He can just produce. Yeah. Who's got a cold open? I didn't even think about a cold. Who's open. a producer? I'm Dr. Dre. <laughs> I'm he's your well based off the halftime show Roberto's fifty cent. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hanging, hanging upside, upside down, down there, <laughs> hanging upside down, getting body shamed. <laughs> he did get dude. I did not recognize him. I don't want to body shame anybody, but I was like, that is not fifty cent. Oh, uh, he still looks okay. Oh yeah, he'd still kick for my what ass. is he fifty? He's no, fifty cent. Eminem's forty. Forty something. Eminem's forty nine. So okay. I think so he, he got a dollar back. Ago. Everyone said he looked like a dollar. He got a penny back. He's 49. <laughs> Everyone oh, said 50 cent looked like the whole dollar. Yeah. <laughs> right. he, he, he lost a penny. And Dan is still easy. No, I want to be Eminem. You want to be Eminem. A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. I'm Roberto Fidicent. <laughs> uh, today we're doing Dan's top five yeah, findable bourbons. The best part is Roberto doesn't have to talk too much today. I uh, Yeah, and clearly we're doing this after yeah. the Super Bowl. So. And I get a day off too, so that's nice. Dude, I'm unemployed. Yeah, you have a bunch of time still, I'm still unemployed. <laughs> I have a lot. We can record on my house every week if you have. If you want. <laughs> I have nothing else to we, do. We could, but I have a feeling your bourbon room is going to get emptied quickly. Yeah. I will be there. <laughs> I will work from home. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. What are we talking about today? <laughs> well, today is the second in a three-part series of our top five most, uh, our favorite most find, or most favorite findable bourbons. Yep. So we did yours last time. Jake, you kind of want to give us the rundown of what uh, what we're doing here with this list? Yeah, so we're looking for anything that's findable. <clears throat> and we're, we're categorizing findable as uh, you could spot it on the shelf only at one or two liquor stores maximum. Um, so <clears throat> anything that would be in a case does not count. Um, or or any or in the back room does not count. You have to find it on the shelf, mm-hmm. but there is no price point mm-hmm. limit, right? And it's also it's not something that if you know the owner of the liquor store and he's Correct. holding it behind the counter for you, none yeah. of that. that so jazz. anything that Sam gets us is yeah. out of the question. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, sorry, but half your story is out of the list. Yeah, I mean the 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 point is to give listeners an idea of. Good stuff that's easily findable um, mm-hmm. that that you could pick up today. Yeah, and and speaking to to the whole Sam thing, this is what you want to do to start your relationship with a liquor store owner. You want to go yep. buy things off the shelf, talk to them. Hey, I bought this. What else would you recommend? I really like this. Yeah, yeah. that's how you get these relationships that lead you into the things that are harder to find that they're not going to put out because they're saving them for people that they know they're going to see, they know they're going to talk to. They know consistently spend money in your store. So as we're talking about these, if you're looking uh, to try and find some harder to find things, like for example, a lot of the Sazerac stuff. So Buffalo trays, uh, still you can find that on the shelf. Good because I'm using that. Uh, Blant- for now, yeah. <laughs> your Blantons, your Taylors, your Wellers, things like that that they have, but it's going to be behind the counter. We're not we're not including those in this. No, even though we have those relationships, we could right. walk into Sam's and buy these things. Probably <clears throat> most times we're not going to include them. Yeah, I mean it, the the big thing too, I think, is that everybody or all of our lists have um, bourbons and and rye that would show a store owner that you actually know. Yeah. what you're talking about too. Yeah. Um, Cause if you just go and buy fireball and be like, Hey, you got any Taylor back there? They'd be like, get, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Most. Yeah. I mean, most of the, cause I've had, you know, three or four guys now and, you know, I moved to Illinois and we found Sam and we, we built a really nice relationship with him. He's in Marengo. Go, you know, goes to uh, close downtown, close to downtown, right? No, he's on the other side of downtown. He's on the other side of downtown. Well, how big he's, is Marengo? That's true. Isn't the other side of downtown, like the <laughs> <Yeah>. corner. <laughs> <laughs> the next corner That's over. Fair. That's fair. Um, but he, you know, again, every guy that I've had a relationship with, 
um, you like you said, you have to show an interest, like a, an honest interest in bourbon, not just yeah. like okay, I you know everybody's into bourbon, so I want to buy a bottle that's expensive. It's like if you like bourbon, which you know, hopefully that's who's listening to this anyway. You have to show an interest, and the guy will recognize that. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's also dependent on the store owner. Um, some of them are just out to make a buck, mm-hmm. um, which. As a consumer, you have to weed out too. Yep. Is this guy giving me uh, aftermarket prices right. or fair market value for this for exactly. this whiskey? Um, <clears throat> yeah, which Sam Sam has been very good to us um, and given us MSRP basically on yeah. almost everything yeah. we've gotten in a lot of them. Yeah, um, except for the one time that Dan bid against himself. <laughs> he's like, Sam, how about seventeen hundred dollars for it? He's like, No, that's too high. Okay, eighteen. No, that's still too high. <laughs> I I didn't take Jake's business negotiation classes where he was drinking no. whiskey. <laughs> anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, it, so bottom line is going go and pick up some of the stuff that we're listing off here. Um, you know, Roberto's episode came out last week. Uh, great selection. Yeah, um, easy to find. And, yeah, it, if you great way. To build a relationship, buy five bottles from somebody and and keep coming back, yeah, and restocking. Yeah. Because and that also and shows they, that you're drinking it, right? Right. Because the last That's thing they want to do yep. is have you develop this relationship and then get a bottle of something very good and then go put it on the internet for some crazy. Oh man, they'll, they'll find you out. Because yeah. yeah, they they don't want you don't want to walk into a liquor store and be like, oh yeah, I'll take this forty dollar bottle of Bullet. And also, do you have a Blanton's? Because they'll they'll be like, no, yeah, you're right. just gonna resell the Blanton's. Exactly. Uh, go there, buy buy consistently, and that might be coming back every other week, every three yeah. weeks, once a month. Um, but show them yeah. and ask them their name. Ask show an ask about yeah. yeah. Um, is it just shows that you want to actually drink what you're buying and you're not just trying to make a quick buck off yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing about relationships is that, again, you know, the three or four guys that I've had since I started drinking bourbon, I actually ask them for their notes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what do you think about this? You Absolutely. Know? You know, what do you think about this one? Do you like it? I mean, it, probably like 40% of what we've bought from Sam, he was just like, hey, you should try this. Yeah, this is yeah. a this, this is a And that. we're like, yeah, okay. And it, it's, I mean, I don't think he's giving us a bad recommendation. No, yeah, no not at so, all. No. I mean, he told except us to be that, friends uh, with Dan. that one Canadian one. Well, he, <laughs> to be fair, fair he, but he gave us, a, he gave us, he, well, he gave we, us a fair warning. No, no. None of us we, bought that. We tried it at the bar and he said that, uh, yeah, it was claimed to be. Canadian, Canadian the Canadian blends, and it was absolutely not. But but he gave he gave us for a warning. Yeah, he told us. He, told us, he yeah. laughed as he he's like, dude, that. you know, yeah, and he gave it to us for free. He's like, here, taste this for free because yeah. it's Canadian. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, good times with the uh, with Sam. We'll, we'll record at some point from Sam's, and that will be fun. Yeah, yeah. My top five. Then it's I, I got a couple on here that are, are kind of interesting. So the first one I want to talk about is Maker's Mark. And it's not, I mean, you can go anywhere. I mean, you can find this in gas stations, right? It's yeah. not like it's crazy tough to find. It's not that it's a crazy, crazy, crazy good bourbon or anything. For me, it has a special place in my heart because that's how I got started. Yeah. When I, when I, there was a time in my life where I said, I want to start drinking whiskey I didn't make much money. I still don't make much money. I didn't make much money. <laughs> Dude, I live under the under a pass of 94 in Milwaukee. <laughs> and and it was, you I know, it was zero money today. <laughs> <laughs> it's what a $30 bottle. Yeah. It's better than your your Jacks and Jims and things like that. By no means is it a bad whiskey. I, I it's not a, it's not a bad whiskey, but for me I wanted to get into it. I wanted to buy something better than the cheap crap. Yeah. And that's what slowly started getting me into it. Now, when I first started, I didn't drink it straight. I didn't like. I was. Ma- I, I started drinking whiskey by making old fashions, just yeah. like most everybody. Like most, that's most how people. I started. Yeah, it's easily the best way to do yep, it. That's how I started. And then I wanted to start weaning myself off of the bitters, off of the sugar. 
So then I would do makers with a little bit of water, and I would rim the glass with some lemon for a little sweetness to, oh, yeah. to cut through it. That's, That's a you. good idea. I've yeah. never actually heard of that before. And I had never heard of it before either. It just seemed good in my mind, and my mind yeah. works in weird yeah, ways. Good ideas. Maybe well, I'll put you in my top five friends. <laughs> <laughs> actually, my preference for old-fashioned is lemon peel instead of orange peel. Yeah. Well, and that's the original fashion yep. with, yeah. yeah. And that's, and then eventually got to the point where I just drank it straight, drank yeah. it neat. Yeah. And as soon as I got to that, that's kind of the way I started trying some different whiskeys, different bourbons and saying, hey, I like this. Hey, I don't like this. But for me, it's, it's a good quality whiskey. You can do some things with it, and that's what got me into it. So it's always going to hold a place in my heart, as that was the first bottle I bought because I wanted to buy a bottle of whiskey, and I said, I'm going to eventually get to the point where I can drink this neat, and that's what I did. Yeah. Makers is on my top five of the middle shelf whiskeys, easily. Easily. I mean, it's just so good. Yeah. I think the the first whiskey I bought, I mean, I had had old fashions at bars, but the first whiskey I made an old-fashioned out of myself was actually Whistle Pig Ten. <laughs> what an idiot! Wow. Which is probably blasphemy, but that, uh, yeah, that's a, that's an expensive old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, and that was. I think we mentioned this in one of, one of the past episodes, but we, me and my friend, bought that bottle as like a celebration for an end of the semester mm-hmm. project or something. Nice. Yeah. And we drank it straight, and we were like, "This would be better as an old fashioned." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is better with this is better with Diet Coke. <laughs> uh, Another bottle on my list. I mentioned it not too long ago. Buffalo Trace is on my list of top five findable. Yeah. You can still find it. Uh, it's Every it's no, getting it harder and harder state, to find. Yeah, in some well, states, it's, it's really hard to find. I don't, so, current supply chain issues aside, right. typically you can find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's sounds like it might start to be allocated heavier, just like everything else with Sazerac. I I am calling this a loophole that still counts. No one protested when I said I was going to no. include it. And the reason I put Buffalo Agreed. Trace on here, I still found that at Target like a week ago. Yeah, I so it makes yeah. sense. The reason I put it here is I think this is one of my favorite, most versatile bourbons out there. Yeah, it's very good, neat, and this is what I usually use when I'm making an old fashioned or waking, mm-hmm. making a uh, Kentucky mule, mule. Kentucky Mule. Yep. It it is very versatile. The price is MSRP is twenty five thirty bucks. Yeah. It's a low cost bourbon. It tastes very good, neat. It tastes very good mixed. You can do a lot of things with it. Can't go wrong with it. Agreed. And we had it a few weeks ago at Roberto's. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, as our wow. pre gamer for yeah. the wine tasting. We pregame with Buffalo Trace. <laughs> yeah. That's a good pre-gaming bourbon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's super smooth. Yeah. Uh, very it's very easy flavorable. Drink. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to drink. We should do a list. The, fi- the top five pre-gamers. Top five. Fireball. Stoli. <laughs> <laughs> I also have on here, uh, I'll, do, I'll do another one that I'll do to save my top two for last, and I won't put them in any order. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, the Smooth Ambler Contradiction. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. first time I tried it, very and I good. put that in my top five immediately. Yeah, that's very good. I've seen it. I always thought the elephant was a stupid gimmick thing, like some of the wine bottles put on to get you to buy it because mm-hmm. the label looks cool. So I always yeah. passed. Jake bought one because he's a stupid girl. I'm kidding. He <laughs> <laughs> so was the right. It got me about the rest of their stuff. Right. He bought it. I took a sip of it. The complexity of it for the 35 40 bucks, whatever it is, insane. I Borderline astounding. Yeah. How, how complex the flavor profile is. Very complex. Very good. So even though I don't, I actually bought my first bottle the other week, uh, but I haven't even opened it yet. But that, that initial tasting left it a very strong impression. Yeah. When I started putting this list together, it quickly, I had someone else there and I said, you know what? I'm swapping it out for the, for the Ambler. My top two, not in any order then. The one that is going to be probably the most hard to find on here, mm-hmm. uh, which, Roberto, your Basil 10, it kind of falls within the Basil 10 yeah. range, yeah. Yeah. is going to be Jefferson Reserve Twin Oak. It's I We've talked about Woodford Double Oak. Jake and me, uh, Roberto, I know you like the Double Oaks as well, too. Mm-hmm. That strong, oaky flavor is always really, really good in a neat mm-hmm. bourbon. Yeah. Yep. I really like that one. And then the other one that I have on here... Is actually, I think one of the first things I bought from Sam on when we we're coming back when we yeah. met him 
Roberto, you, you said if I needed to buy a bottle, I needed to buy a bottle of 1776 bourbon. Absolutely. By James Pepper. And it's a $30 bottle. If not less. If not less. Yeah. I think MSRP is like 26 or something. Something yeah. low. Yeah. And I took it home and I, it sat on the shelf for probably about a month before I opened it. And I'm like, well, I'll try it now. Yeah. When, as soon as we talked about doing these lists, this was the first thing that came to my mind. Agreed. Was, was the Pepper 1776. Now, it's not going to be my number one. I'm actually going to put that in my number two. And, and the Twin Oak will be the number one. Nice. But it was fun doing some research into Pepper. So Roberto's been there, and he'll, he'll talk about it a little bit so I can drink and stop talking. <laughs> I've been <laughs> drinking for, for this one. Last episode, it took me a while. <laughs> this one, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to drink from the back. It's fine. But this is a really cool story. And one of my favorite things about bourbon, with the aging process, with everything with it, Bourbon always has a unique individual story as Roberto drops his phone. I caught it. I caught it. And I'm a little drunk too. And I caught it. Uh, this, this distillery has a really cool story. Go on their website, click on their story thing, click on the more information and, and watch the 10 minute video because this is one of, it's a very old distillery. A lot of the ones we talked about, yeah. Maybe started in the 1900s or something. Yeah. Shut down. A lot of them have been more recent that are blenders. Yep. So it's called 1776. It wasn't founded in 1776. It was founded in 1780. Yeah. So four years well, after. For all intents and purposes, it's about <laughs> yeah. the same. It was born with a republic. Yeah. It, and it, the, all their bottles. Actually, it says that on the back. All their bottles <laughs> say that, and that's original from them. Yeah. So it was founded in 1780. It ran for a long time. Then eventually James Pecker, Pepper. <laughs> wow. Wow. Let I, that slip out. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, he Freud, had a good night last night. Freudian slips. Jake uh, and I were watching Ghost last night, and, and Dan, I don't know what he was doing. That. <laughs> Something with James Pecker. <laughs> so at 15 years old, James E. Pepper's uh, father passed away. And he actually took over the distillery at 15 years old. And to keep the distillery going, he took out a loan from the Colonel E.H. Taylor, who we talked about when we did our mm -hmm. Taylor single barrel. Mm -hmm. yep. Unfortunately, he ran into some hard times and couldn't pay off his loan. So Taylor took the property and then sold it. And the original James Pepper property is now where the home of the Woodford distillery is. Yeah. Which, Which is beautiful. Just, just the history on that in itself is insane. You're talking about some bourbon icons out there, all tied to James Pepper. Which also, it's kind of a shame that uh, James Pepper didn't stay in the military a little bit longer, because then he could have been Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> so, it was Colonel Taylor. It wasn't Colonel. But Pepper was also a colonel. <clears throat> he was Colonel James yeah. Pepper, yeah. James I, Pepper. I, to, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I think uh, the state of Kentucky bestows the rank of Colonel upon random people. It's um, like being a lord in Scotland. It's yeah. super simple. Yeah, it's it's like a, a political title rather than yeah. like a military related thing. The one of the things we talk about a lot is old fashions, and most people who like whiskey love an old fashioned. So James Pepper had a very high-end stable for horse racing. Kentucky Derby, one of their horses beat the King of England's horse back yep. in the day. And he did a lot of hobnobbing with the industry titans back then. So yep. your Rockefellers, things like that. Yeah. And um, New York City. New York City. And Unique he would spend... New York. <laughs> <laughs> he would spend a lot of time at the Waldorf Astoria. And... The, the story kind of has two different paths. Is either someone in close to the Pepper's Distillery created the old-fashioned, and he took the recipe to the Waldorf. The second version is someone at the Waldorf made the old-fashioned in honor of James Pepper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Either way, James Pepper is one of the main reasons there's an old-fashioned drink out there. Yeah. And that's a reason enough to buy this bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and the official... Recipe for mm -hmm. the old fashioned, right? 
Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it doesn't have the cherry. It actually has the lemon, not the, not yes. the orange peel. No cherry, no maraschino It's no cherry. only sugar, sugar, yep. bitters, and lemon peel. Lemon peel and whiskey. And a little bit of a uh, tablespoon of water. Is there water? Yep. And uh, ice. And ice, yes. Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's your original old-fashioned. Somehow, some way, the results aren't conclusive one way or the other, but we do know that it involves James E. Pepper. Yeah. So thank you, James E. Pepper. Pour some out. Yeah. No kidding. He's an old-fashioned type of guy. <laughs> Very old-fashioned. I would old say so. <laughs> <laughs> the distillery had run for quite a while. In 1933, it burned down. The, the year 1933 is significant because that was the last year of Prohibition. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. it burnt, they just were able to... barely missed it. They, yeah. were, yeah. they survived it, and they could have probably just hung it up afterwards, saying, yeah. hey, Prohibition's still going on. They <clears> rebuilt and were able to continue running. But like a lot, we talked about it before, in the 60s through the 80s, the whiskey industry in America really took a nosedive, mm-hmm. and they ended up closing shop down in the 60s, and that was kind of the end of the original... James Pepper Distillery, which yeah. from the 1700s to the 1960s, not a bad run. Yeah. Impressive by any standard. Yeah. However, obviously they're still back in business now because we're drinking one of their bourbons. Yeah. It, a guy who was a historian and whiskey fanatic fell in love with the story of James Pepper. And this is, again, why I recommend you guys go watch the video. It's yeah, a great which, video. If you watch this video... Not not just James Pepper, but the entire Pepper family are basically like the Forrest Gumps of right. the whiskey industry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like every major whiskey event, they're somehow tied. Yeah, to they're tied to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so by twenty, it, it shut down for quite a while. Uh, this guy was able this this historian was able to track down the original mash bill recipes, which is incredible. He found letters originally written by James E. Pepper. He found their production men- uh, methods and found original arc- or engineering drawings yeah, like of incredibly specific yeah. engineering drawings yeah. on the entire like pot still setup yeah. and and distilling configuration. Yep, which is just absolutely amazing. It, it's it's insane to watch. And Roberto, I'll let you talk about it here in a minute. Uh, and then what they did is they took the distillery that they that had shut down in the sixties and they renovated it to make the new yeah. distillery. Mm-hmm. So their base, even though it was shut down for 40, 50 years, they basically took the exact same stuff that they were doing back then yep. and recreated it uh, in 2017. And that's when their first barrel started to roll out, and that's when they started to do this. So yeah. it, our favorite thing about bourbon is it tells a story because it sits there and ages for a yeah. long time. This story goes back to the 1700s. So there's so it's much amazing. history, so much cool stuff with this yeah. bourbon. I, I Honestly, the most impressive thing about this comeback story is that they're doing everything in house. Yeah, this isn't a, a sourced, you know, venture the way that you know some of the other pl- they distilleries. Source some of it, I think. They source some, yeah, yeah. They source they do some, some, MGD, some? Yeah, MGP stuff. Okay, yeah. but I mean, I, they're I, they're I, doing I a, a lot of yeah. distilling in house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is which is impressive. Yeah, yeah it's truly really impressive. And, you know, you were mentioning that I've, I've been there. I've been there twice just because I really, you know, the first time in like 2020, right before the pandemic, when the distilleries were doing tours and it was not hard to find a tour. Uh, <laughs> it was it, it was one of one of the first distilleries I ever went to. And it is just a beautiful building. The building is the original building. Like you were saying, it was a mile. It was known for being a mile, one mile long when it was in its original form. And now it's one mile of businesses because what they did is they took the, the, the whole distillery operation and the warehouses and they turned it into a mixed uh, used um, type of development, which is amazing because you have the, the, the James Pepper distillery, you have an ice cream parlor right next to it, and then you have condominiums and bars and, and other things. That's what That's I'm a, talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a beautiful complex. You know, the distillery itself... Yes, brand new equipment, of course. They don't use the, the old equipment, but it's uh, they they have a beautiful column uh, still that they they run all the obviously all their their bourbon, all their whiskeys uh, through. And when you walk in through the door to actually see the distillery itself, there's a grinding stone that's huge. I mean, this is probably like a three four ton grinding stone just sitting there that's displaying all their grains. 
And they're telling the story that when they were uh, renovating the distillery, the James Pepper distillery, they were excavating to put like new structure and stuff. And then they found it. They just found it in the ground. Wow. Uh, and they used to grind the corn with it. Uh, so it's, huh. it's a, you know, again, my, for my money, it's a $35 tour or $40 tour. And it just doesn't get any better than that. You go through the history. They take you through their little museum uh, at the beginning, and they tell you the story of James E. Pepper. They tell you the story of the distillery, the old-fashioned. And then they have a whole cabinet um, through Prohibition. They have all <laughs> the medicine, like the medicinal whiskeys yeah. uh, in there. They're, the bottles are in there from the 1930s. Where it's like, And they have the recipes and, and, uh, and prescriptions even from doctors. And, and what's cool about that is the guy that restarted James Pepper found all that stuff. He found these old medicinal bottles. He found the yeah. old recipes. He found the old whiskeys. Some of the bottles were from the original Pepper distillery yeah. from the 1700s, 1900s that hadn't even been opened yet. Yeah. Look, Absolutely. Doc. I'm not doing good. <laughs> Dude, they, those, when you see those G- prescriptions. Give me a bottle of Pepper. It is so cool to see a hundred-year-old prescription. Yeah, yeah, just sitting there, right there next to a, you know, and it was a legal bottle of whiskey. It was prescribed by a doctor. <clears throat> uh, it is just so cool. And then the other thing that's really cool about the James uh, E. Pepper Distillery is that it's right next to the springs. It's McConnell Springs, right oh. next to them. I mean, mm-hmm. they, in, the, in the lot right next across mm-hmm. the street, and they source their water uh, from there. And that's where they've always sourced their water. from. And they've always sourced the water from from the McConnell Springs. And of course, you know, Kentucky water is really famous, obviously, for, for the minerals that it has in it, for the limestone. Uh, and it, you know, everybody says that it gives the, the bourbon, the Kentucky bourbon, its flavor. So yeah, it's, that's, we didn't really get into that, but at some point we'll do a deep dive into Kentucky and why Kentucky mm-hmm. is like the holy grail of yeah. bourbon. But it uh, primarily is because of the limestone, the way that limestone f- filters. It filters yeah, the, the water, water, right? Yep. Yeah. So the quick facts on this, then we've talked enough about pepper. It, it's just a really cool story. This is the oldest one we've tried. Yep. Yes. Uh, by far and away, the oldest original distiller we've tried. Yep. Obviously, it's not the same, but very as close as you can be. Yeah. I mean, they've replicated it pretty nicely, right? It's not. It's, it's, this isn't a very old whiskey. It's only aged three years, which partly relates to why it's a lower price. Mm-hmm. It's non-chill filtered. This comes out at 100 proof. We always talk about Roberto's the likes the ninety to one hundred. I'm more of a one to one ten guy. This really fits my my style. Mash yeah. bill on this. You guys are going to be drop jawed because you know I don't like rye that much. <laughs> but it is fifty fifty seven percent corn, thirty nine percent rye, four oh, percent wow. malted barley. So it's a That's very high way rye. higher than I thought it would be, especially for the taste. Yeah, it does not taste like forty percent rye. Retail around thirty bucks. We've talked about enough unique facts about these things. I'll let Roberto talk as he's finishing his glass, yeah. so I can drink mine. I think yeah. uh, I think last week we talked about a no brainer, and this is another no. This is yeah. a no no brainer, like no 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 brainer. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I I think I got my last bottle of seventeen seventy six from Benny's for like twenty six dollars. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is one of the best twenty six dollars you can spend. It's ridiculous that this. Bourbon that comes from this micro distillery, which is now it used to be obviously a mega distillery. Now mm-hmm. it's a micro distillery uh, that they can sell this bourbon at twenty six dollars. I mean, it's just amazing. And this is everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can find it yeah. at any store. Yeah, now you can. And I got to say, three years ago you couldn't. And yeah, it, yeah, because yeah. because you know it's a, it's a small operation, and they were starting they were starting to distribute. Uh, but now you walk into any liquor store and you can find seventeen seventy yeah. six. Is it? It really is a two rule because some of them. Some of the smaller ones probably won't have it on the shelf, but you go to the next one and they'll have it on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, and this is, in my opinion, on par with the Willet in terms of taste. Yes. Where, you know, it's a sub $40 bottle, mm-hmm. uh, but it tastes like an $80 bottle. Yeah, it does. This tastes like an $80 bottle. Yeah. For sure. And even if you're putting it on par with the with the Willet, with the Willet pot still, it's $15 cheaper than the Willet yeah. pot still. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. I, yeah. It, it's pretty incredible that they're able to sell it at this it's price amazing. point. <laughs> yeah. Kind of shot themselves in the foot there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It's a, it's an incredible bottle for the price it is. And I mean, well, if, if you're able to put this out in, you know, less than four years of aging. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a very old bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it, starting 
with it, I mean, because of the mash bill, I'm sure Roberto yeah. will get into it. But I mean, the complexity of of this is is pretty fantastic. Absolutely, and uh, it's so good <laughs> that Jake's speechless now. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he's going speechless because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting with a bottle, I love the 1776 bottle. Mm-hmm. It is just such a cool label. It's historic. It's like you know, like a survey from. The 1800s from the surveyors, you know, that do yep. the maps and everything. That's exactly what it looks like. So, and then the, I the bottle looks like they pulled it off of a ship in like 1776. <laughs> yeah, that's so I love the label and I love the colors on the label. Yeah, I don't like that they that they don't use a clear glass bottle. That's a really no, good distinction. I like it. It's a it's a it's good a dark bottle. It's a dark bottle. You, you it's like a it's like a dark green bottle. You can't see the color of the bourbon. You can't. No, you can even see how much bourbon you have left. Which, you know, to, it can be a problem sometimes. Like, oh, shit, I've only had two glasses. Oh, shit, I finished the bottle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you, I again, I've tasted this bourbon at the distillery and right out the barrel. It was amazing. You know, they, they pour mm. the distillery. They pour some, some in your glass right out of the barrel. Um, it, it was, you know, was uh, barrel-proof at that time, and it was oh, 115, yeah. I think, before they blended it down. Um, the you know the notes that come out of this it's just it's amazing that this is a twenty six dollar bourbon it's so complex mm-hmm. yeah it's chocolate it's oak it's vanilla uh, the rye shines through but not in a powerful way even though it's forty percent it's amazing no you definitely get the peppery flavor but it, it's there's definitely far more vanilla yes um, oak and uh, the chocolate. For sure. The chocolate, the chocolate taste is amazing. I don't know where that comes from, but it's like you can taste it even yeah. in the finish. I mean, I, I, it's probably a mix of the char and the vanilla from the oak, you know, that that gets you that chocolate flavor, Absolutely. which is it's it's fantastic. I was expecting with a forty percent or well thirty nine uh, percent, right? I was expecting a lot more spice and lingering spice. Yeah, and it, I don't. No, it's uh, not there. It's very well balanced in the sense that you know what you're getting into when you smell it. You taste it, you know what you're getting into, and then you, it, the finish is like, okay, thanks, I'm ready for the next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, like on the nose too. Like I was smelling it through Dan's whole history lesson, <laughs> and it's uh, I couldn't put my finger on it until Roberto mentioned it, but it's almost like a um, like burnt chocolate. Yeah, or like almost like creme brulee, but not as sweet as creme yeah. brulee. It's like a caramel, but like. If you like, yeah, toasted caramel. It's like a toasted caramel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toasted vanilla, toasted caramel, yeah. syrupy, yeah. but not too much like the, you know, like a Willet. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not as um, bright as the Willet. Right. Yeah. It's got like a deeper yeah. or darker kind of yep. uh, fl- nose and really flavor does. note. Um, the which color like is beautiful, man. It doesn't it? make sense because I'm talking about like, colors yeah (laughs) yeah um you know the cool part too about the distillery they let you taste i don't know about covid times but when i went they let you taste the mash right out of the back and that beer tastes just like beer i mean it is so cool because there's zero alcohol at that point otherwise it will be bourbon (laughs) it was really cool uh you know again i'll repeat this like for the fourth time it is ridiculous how good this is for twenty six dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't get any better for for my taste. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool story. It, it's worth to check out if if you guys like like. I know we're ranting and raving about this. It's it's really good. It's really unbelievable good. for twenty six dollars. And if you're a history buff, you will fall in love with this story. Yes. Yeah, very quickly and go visit. And this is a bottle that I've passed on multiple times, but now I think I need <laughs> to pick one up. Well, and then. You know, we can at some point do more episodes on this, but 1776, well, I mean, James E. Pepper's got a whole range of amazing, I have not tasted one bad whiskey because they make rye. Yeah. Uh, I had not tasted one bad whiskey from, from James E. Pepper. Yeah, and I, I've got a couple limited releases that are just... Excellent. Stellar. There's no other way to Absolutely yep. incredible. Yep. The, the sad part about this, and this is a good way to end this, is when James E. Pepper passed away, it was because he slipped on ice in New York City. Yeah, they did not have yak tracks back then, and that's what took him out. This or Kentucky, lawsuits, I guess. Kentucky boy walking on sidewalks that are full of oh, ice. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Because he was hobnobbing with the Rockefellers or jeez. whoever. Because <laughs> he was an old-fashioned kind of guy. All right. Oh, well. Good pun. <laughs> Chicka chips. <laughs> <laughs>
Got it. I picked it up there quickly. Okay, so even though we talked a lot about that, I'm not going to talk as much about my top. Uh, my favorite is the Jefferson Twin Oak. Jefferson's not a very old distillery, very different than the Pepper. So they were founded in 1997. Their biggest thing is they're very experimental. So when people think of Jefferson, the one that is first brought to mind is their ocean, yep. which they age it at sea. It goes all around the world. I'm still not a big fan of their their ocean one. Nah, it's They neither. say that it... You know, it goes through different climates, kind of like the American Highway we tried first episode. There's there's a lot of variation from batch to batch. Yeah. So if you get a batch that you don't particularly care for, it can be a turnoff. I really can. Yeah. But Jefferson does make some good ones. They 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 experiment a lot. The one we're going to talk about is their Twin Oak, and this was one that I just randomly walk into a liquor store, saw it on the shelf, and said, "Hey, that looks good. I'm going to buy it." Didn't know much about it. Yeah. Um, so this is a twin oak, and I'll talk about what makes this a twin oak here uh, in a second. But on top of the experimental, it's still up on Jake's fridge, even though I bought it. Is yeah. the I'm just laughing because we've been drinking bourbon for an hour. <laughs> Freaking Jake just poured like three quarters of a glass. <laughs> no. <laughs> no wonder he's getting speechless. It's a strong ounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong ounce plus seven. <laughs> I like this one too. Uh, I do too. <laughs> they I don't uh, like to drive anywhere. I'm definitely yeah, not criticizing fair. you. And Roberto's buying the house. I'm buying next the house door. next door from Renata. It's like my in uh, Home Alone two when he's having the Sunday guy in his room making him an ice cream Sunday, and the guy's like, "Would you like two scoops?" He's like, two, make it three. I ain't driving." <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that Jefferson does that we started, we haven't worked our way through it, is they release these experimental aging sets. Yeah. So they'll age bourbons in different woods. They'll send out these small bottles, very, very small bottles in a pack of five. Yeah, sample size. There may be like four ounces, Yeah, something like that. So you can try out. What they're doing is they're saying, hey, what do you think of these? Number one, two, three, four, five. They, I think the last one was one through 12, and you get five enough samples, so you got to buy a couple different boxes. Yeah. But they're looking for what people recommend of, hey, continue to make this. Hey, this sucks. Yeah. And one of them we tried sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Not not great. Yeah. Agreed. I, I wouldn't say god awful, but like, would I drink it? No. Yeah. No. Right. Agreed. But they like to do this experimental stuff. Um, this one is a twin oak. And when they call their twin oak, a couple different ones do this. Jake, you have a bottle actually that does this as well, which is your Sinatra Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah. Mm. And why they call it a twin oak is they take, before they char the staves on, on the oak barrel, they cut lines in them. And what this does is this creates more surface area inside the barrel. And what that allows is the whiskey to have more area yeah, to soak more. into the wood. Yep. Yeah. It, it expands the surface area of the char yep. factor. You get more whiskey moving in and out of the barrel in yep. and out of the char so you get more of that oaky flavor and that's the woodford double oak the sinatra there's this we talked a couple weeks ago about the woodford double double oak yeah it's it's, it's obviously a flavor profile that people like the double like oak will I'm, a, I'm an oak person the double I'm, oak is going to be on my list for dude sure. i i am an oak person I love the woodford oak. double oak will be on my yeah. list i love woodford this one is a little bit older, so it's it's a ten year old this uh, ten year old whiskey. It's sourced from Kentucky distilleries. They don't disclose the mash bill, uh, but again, we we know it's not MGP because it's a Kentucky. Maybe, but yeah. who cares if it's MGP or not? The product is good. Hey, ninety percent of America's whiskey well, it, comes from MGP. It, it, it's labeled on the bottle that it's a Kentucky. It, bourbon, it, right? It's Kentucky bourbon. It says it's sourced from Kentucky. Yeah, this is ninety point two proof. Uh, again, the mash bill is is unknown. This is a little bit more expensive. This is on. This is like some of the other Jefferson ones. It's eighty bucks, but it's it, ninety. I th- eighty nine. I think it's MSRP. Oh, I got mine for eighty. Is it really? Wow, good. For I got you. mine a while ago though. Yeah, uh, it's somewhere between eighty and 90. eighty and ninety, yeah, right yeah. in that range. If you're gonna spend eighty bucks, you can spend ninety bucks on a. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm unemployed and I live on the underpass, <laughs> under ninety four in Milwaukee. So <laughs> come by. I'm the blue tent. Bring your whiskey because I don't have any. <laughs> All right, so I'll that's that's that. that. We have so a batch bold number. Face lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this is batch number eight, and they put to put the bottle number on here. It's kind of the nice little touches that some of yeah, the it is. people 
people put, but that's kind of the main points of it, Roberto. What are you, besides oak, what are you tasting in here? You know, it's, a, it's a good point. Oak, like seriously, you know, not even. Burnt wood. Uh, <laughs> right, and, not, and not in a bad way. No, no, not in a bad way. The, the um, so like if your typical bourbon is like at a one to ten on the charred oak taste, typical bourbon is maybe like a four. This is like an eight. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I agree. If if you like that flavor, this is the shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And you know. It, Dan likes the, and I mean, we all do, all three of us like the oaky flavor in bourbon, especially the double yeah. oaks, you know, like Woodford double oak and this one. Uh, you know, this is a pricier bottle than than the normal whiskey bottle, even whatever, 80 or 90, that's a pricey <coughs> bottle. Uh, but that's, you know, obviously because they're, they're getting you an oaky uh, aged flavor that's amazing. Ten, a 10 year whiskey. Right. It's now, a 10 year. You can find, like, Eagle Rare MSRP is way cheaper than this. Yeah. But, but ten year oh, whiskeys yeah. take up a lot of space in a rickhouse for a long time, right. Right. so they got to charge for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, I got to say, you know, again, all jokes aside, this is oaky as heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a twin oak, it's a double oak, and that's the first thing that shines through is the oaky flavor. Yeah, uh, you can smell the leathery, oaky uh, notes in the nose. It's really good. You can smell a little bit of spice, you, but you it's, definitely get. Strong vanilla. Vanilla, yeah. yeah, vanilla shines through really nicely. Which is probably the primary flavor of the barrel char, right, is yeah. vanilla. Because white oak really, really, yeah. really is Which is, really nice. we explained in the previous episode that the Kentucky, or, or American white oak in general, has yeah. a very particular flavor yep. compared to other oaks in the world. Yeah, it smells like, you know, t- like freedom. You know, yeah, <laughs> liberty, freedom, like liberty and the right to be happy, or what is it called? The Constitution, <laughs> pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Um, I think so, uh, who wrote that? Oh, Thomas Jefferson, yeah, exactly. Who uh, this distillery is named after? That wasn't even by accident, by the way. Oh, I thought. I mean, Will Smith was in pursuit of happiness. No, that's just a movie. Boo. Oh. <laughs> uh, bad, I didn't even try bad, to make a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I it, this is really smooth, you know. Again, again, you expect that from a ten year old, uh, from a ten year aged uh, bourbon. Is this? Do they say that it's consistent ten year? No, so they finish in the double oak or the twin oaks. Yes, well, it's, but it's a ten finished in it. Yeah, it, it's finished ten, it, by the time from start it to finish two ten years. Yes, okay, finished two, finished ten, two years. ten years. Got it. But you, oh. you know, again, that makes sense exclusively. Yes, it's not blended with. No. Huh. And it tastes okay. like it. It tastes like it. It's smooth. Yeah, definitely. You know, again, it's really smooth. I, if you like lingering spice, this is for you. It is a smooth lingering spice on the, on the tongue in the palate. Um, this is something I wouldn't dilute with anything. I wouldn't put it on the rocks. Absolutely I wouldn't dilute not. Water, because it's very complex. No, if, for me, when I'm drinking anything. The more diluted in flavor something is for for liquor, yeah. The more I want to throw up. <laughs> so whenever there's strong that's why flavor, I want to throw up when I taste stoli. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's I gravitate towards very strong flavors mm-hmm. in in whiskeys yeah. in general. Yeah, and this one is there's a very prominent flavor yeah. profile, and it's fantastic Agreed. to me personally. Oh no, I agree too. Like when I have. There's there's certain whiskeys um, that are not aged very long, or they're not like particularly Scotch yeah. and and other uh, whiskeys in in Europe that are not aged in charred barrels that have a very light flavor profile. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that I don't care for. Yeah, um, they're not all bad, but. I don't care for them in general because they're very bland. Agreed. And it's like, if if I'm looking for something to drink with alcohol, yeah, that I would enjoy and like is interesting. I want something that packs a punch. Agreed. Yeah, flavor packs wise. a punch for sure. It's complex. absolutely. 
You know, and I, I smell like notes of Dan because I don't, I don't really care for you know, I don't care for it. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I have, I have a phenomenal scent. <laughs> I, I taste, you know, the, you, you get some Dan in the finish because I don't really care for it. You know? <laughs> um, but you, my bottom line is if I wanted to drink something that tasted like water, I'd drink LaCroix. <laughs> this is the the total opposite. Yeah. It's a very strong flavor flavor profile. Sparkling water, when no. you hold it up to the light, it's a dark whiskey. It right? is. This is dark. It's um, you can you can tell beautiful color though. It's a dark caramel. Um you can tell it's double oaked. It actually to me looks like it's not chill filtered. It's it's not chill filtered. Right. So Right. You can see that it's it's not uh you know crystal clear exactly um and it says it on the bottle I think, yeah it's right? got That's a nice little right. tag on it right there yeah, yeah. right I, I mean it, yeah. bottom line is it's delicious it's just beautiful the color so my favorite style of beer is a red ale yes me too because you're kind of red too I do have some red hair <laughs> this, this is this similar color very similar to Achilles yeah that's. That's the color. It is like a Killian's red. Yeah, that's a really good point. Very, very much. Yeah. Huh. And and same thing. I mean, the the red ales have a oakier. It's also kind of like woody flavor to mm-hmm. them. Unrefrigerated urine sample. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask how you know that. <laughs> that that one, you know what an unrefrigerated sample is. <laughs> or looks like, but two, you also know what a refrigerated urine Dude. sample looks like. C- cut that part out. <laughs> uh, I say it's taste. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Roberto's joking. He does enjoy this. I really enjoy this. This is great. No, I, re- no I was talking about the color. Um, <laughs> the flavor is excellent. But uh, to Dan's point... This is very much um, a red ale color, mm-hmm. minus the carbonation, obviously. Yep. But I mean, like, it's uh, yeah, like a couple grades higher than like a deep mahogany. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's not. So one of the ones we all have is a, a Garrison Balmora, <clears throat> yes. and that is a dark, dark, That's a dark, yeah, dark whiskey. whiskey. That's a dark this whiskey. hasn't reached that level. No, but you can tell it's aged, and you can tell it's oaked. Yep, right. It's great. Um, yeah, I, even on the shelf, <clears throat> compared dark. to other ones, yeah. this one's two or three shades darker. Yeah, side by side, it's pretty dark. You can tell mm-hmm. that this is this is a yeah. double oaked yeah. bourbon. You're well, all I know is my top five just kicked Roberto's top five ass. <laughs> It probably did. You know, I went middle shelf. You went you went a little high shelf, top shelf. This is the, a 26. The pepper is a 26. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, you went you went through a good range because you went low shelf, middle shelf, uh, bottom shelf, top shelf uh, with a twin oak. And I, I, I mean, buy this. This is an $85 bottle of bourbon that you won't regret. It is complex. It is good. It is smooth. And the flavors just shine through like no. Yeah, it, this is one where... If you're just starting out, or even if you have a few bottles, you see an $85 bottle of whiskey, and you're like, ah, yeah, oh, you're no. a little skeptical, right? This is absolutely worth getting. Yeah, it 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 is, and I still com- commend Roberto for his Bullet Rye because that for forty dollars oh, yeah. is very very versatile. Mine Agreed. aren't nearly as versatile. Mine are you yeah. want to drink these neat? You want to drink them neat? Yeah. I mean, the 1776. I wouldn't feel bad making a cocktail. Well, it's twenty six dollars, so you can easily make a cocktail out well, of it. Well, and it's probably but actually it's. It, I I would say the seventeen seventy six is incredibly versatile for the price. Right. Yes. Well, if you say, if you make a cocktail out of the twin oak, you're a heathen, and you should be burned yeah, at the you stake. Do, you do not want to. You know, you don't want to make a Kentucky Mule with with Jefferson's no. twin oak. Uh, that was I would like say a, the seventeen seventy six though probably makes a very good mixer. Because of the chocolate, you know, the chocolate Definitely, flavor. Yeah, yeah. And not just because of the price, but the chocolate flavor, the leathery flavor probably makes an amazing Kentucky Mule. Yeah, I would I would think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All but right, cool. guys. All right. Well, that's my top five. Jake, you got yours last. You haven't yeah. disclosed any information yet. I have, so 
Mine's going to be a secret until I have to tell Dan so he can do research. <laughs> There's going to be four rice on that list. This is this no, has been no. fun. I've been having a blast doing this. I hope you guys have as, yeah. as listeners as well. I know Jake and Roberto have. We have yeah. one more to do. Uh, Jake, the if people want to listen to this, if they're not listening right now and they want to tell people how to listen. Yeah, so you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Um, please... Rate, review, like, notification, uh, whatever mechanism tells you that we release a new episode would be greatly appreciated. Yes. Um, you know, all, all of the metrics are driven by recurring listeners, uh, which we've got a decent fan base. I think it's about 50 unique listeners each week. Uh, we like to bump those rookie numbers up. Yes. I um, want to get out of the underpass of 94 mil. <laughs> I'm still unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, share this on social media, which Roberto will tell you how to find us right oh, now. Oh, good transition. Nice, look at that. We were getting good at this. Uh, you can <laughs> go to Instagram at Bourbon Matters, like, follow. We put pictures, reviews. On Fridays, we feature a, a rye every Friday because it's Friday. Oh, I see what you did exactly. there. Exactly. Actually, that was, I think that was Jenna Ray's idea. I can take mm-hmm. credit for that. Yeah. Um, our social media manager. Yeah. And, uh, also my wife. <laughs> and also Jake's wife. That's why he keeps the spare tire here. <laughs> uh, Facebook is Bourbon Matters. You know, again, we're, we're getting some good followers. You can see the same thing. You can see pictures and reviews and other news. And then the yep. website, uh, bourbonmatterspodcast.com you can see pictures of us you can see descriptions of the episodes and you can find the episodes themselves if you're just you know you're at work it is safe for work so you just you know you yes. do the, the episode play it while you're you know filling out a spreadsheet of I think there's only one episode where we drop an F-bomb yeah, yeah exactly. I think it was episode one and my buddy texted me his notes <laughs> and he said F-bomb question mark yeah. well, and yeah. I think it was Roberto hey you know I listen to could be <laughs> Or it was us, me. Some I of the mainstream, know. like, you know, true crime podcasts, they drop FMs like nobody. And there's like oh, a 27 yeah. year old lady narrating this thing. I think it's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fill out your spreadsheet listening to us. It's fine. I always mark them as explicit just in case. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. That's All right, good. guys. So next week we have uh, Jake's undisclosed top five. Yeah. Which um, I, I'm, I'm trying to target very reasonably priced bourbons. Um, again, that fit the criteria of easily available um, so that what really what it is is I'm trying to target like a very good starter collection of five bottles. That's good. I like that. Robert, or he says, Roberto Jake says reasonable, but you know, he just said, well, I can find a Pappy 12 yeah, online. Uh, so this is, this is, like, it's very reasonable. It's $2,700. Well, one, one, one might break the rule we'll see <laughs> we like people that break rules it's fine awesome cool. all right well guys thanks a lot for listening thank, thank you. you cheers cheers